Radio Seattle. Kicking it with Druid and Ginger. <laughs> You're here with Ginger and the Druid. Dru- 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 <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the brand new podcast, Ginger Talks. My name is Ginger Snaps, and joining me is the wonderful Druid Knowledge. Hello. <laughs> so I I definitely had to wait there because if we can't talk, we're off to a bad start. Oh right. So I'm giving you some space as the as the star of the show. Okay. And you've definitely earned it. Ah, well, thank you. <sighs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about the format of the show, just to kick things off? So. Uh... Really, it's just, this first week is just kind of introducing everybody uh, to the podcast and what's going on, but we will be having guests on who are content creators of any kind that are in my community uh, that I've built over on Twitch and in my social medias, and we are just showcasing um, that creator every week, but this first week... Just be a good time to introduce the two voices you're going to hear every single week. Yeah, and I must say, Ginger, that you are infinitely qualified uh, to do this in a way that I'm not. Uh, So I'm just happy to be along for the ride. And a big thank you for uh, doing this with me. I'm very honoured. I'm honoured that you even were willing to work with me on it. I, you have some expertise that I don't, and that's what makes a good partnership, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and just because as well, the community that uh, you've got here is just so excellent. And the people who get involved, it's all good people. And I think that makes a difference. And I think that that's what's going to make this imminently listenable. Yes. From the get-go. Yeah. Because it's it's one of those things where... I love my community. I love that the the people who uh, have decided to make me part of their uh, entertainment schedule, whether it's, you know, the, the crazy shenanigans of games or whatever it is. And it's a way for me to show appreciation to them, but also showcase them in a way that I don't always get a chance to. And it's, it's going to be a fun time. And I'm I'm so yeah. excited to see what kind of chaos comes out of this. <laughs> Absolutely. And as well, I mean, Twitch streaming is not a swimming pool anymore. It's an absolute ocean. Yeah. So it's great to just give people that space and uh, just an opportunity to kind of push their wares as well. I mean, everyone's super talented in their own right. A- uh, absolutely. I mean, so, we... Yeah the community is full of other content creators who that are streamers, artists, graphic designers, video editors, photo editors, mu- I mean musicians abound. It's but people who are into other weird things that they don't have a good place to showcase it. And I want yeah, to yeah. be able to give that to them. You know, I really appreciate that this is like cuz kind of with loads of forms of media I think that it's it's just not weird anymore and i think that twitch has this like 
unique space where people are just weird and everyone's cool with it, which is what gravitates me to it so readily, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, we met in one of the weirdest spots that I never would have expected. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was just literally getting absolutely steaming drunk every week. Uh, and any notoriety I have, and, and basically the reason that I'm here is because I would get drunk over the weekend and just absolutely spout off the strangest comments of all time. So uh, I'm capitalising here, and my position here is completely based on being the YouTube top commenter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really levelling, really humbling, uh, but it's cool. I, I like occupying that space. The thing that makes you so unique and so perfect for stuff like this, though, is your comments may come in and be kind of off the wall or almost out of place or nonsensical, but your delivery makes it seem like whatever you say needs to be there. <laughs> well, <laughs> it needs to be there is um, a, tenuous, a tenuous grab, I'd say. But... Uh, you know, I, I feel that I occupy the space of an only child. Like, it's definitely <laughs> only child syndrome. Uh, I will just ream off uh, poetry, give you uh, BuzzFeed quizzes. Oh. Uh, just, yeah. It's, you only hate me because you ain't me, okay? <laughs> well, and the the great thing about it is, you know, something we could just be talking nonsense in chat and you come in and deliver something that connects to the nonsense, but it's also, it, it could be nonsense. I've, I've seen you write some nonsense in chat, but the execution is just brilliant at just the way, the way you phrase things and word things. You could be talking about, just go into the fridge to grab a beer, and it sounds like something that needs to be delivered on stage or written in a book somewhere. Just your vernacular is glorious. <laughs> uh, I hope to, uh, I hope to bring that here uh, through voice. Yes. But you know, I'm warming up. I'm gearing up. The train's leaving the station. Uh, I may or may not. Uh, since this is the first podcast, have opened a small bottle of sparkling white wine. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it deserved the, a little bit of pageantry, a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of something extra. See, you bring classy sparkling white wine, and I have Fireball and Jack Daniels and White Girl White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we don't we don't have white claw over here. Uh, we've just started getting hard seltzers. Oh, so this this is like an American thing, but I'm so ready for it. I'm ready for the import. The the th I don't drink regular seltzer water. I can't stand it. It there's something about it that I just hate. But you add the alcohol to it, and I will throw down with any other white girl in a tube top at a bar. I mean, yeah. I look yeah. like I belong, like at a punk show, a metal show, an alt-rock show. But 
you can find me sometimes at the patio of a beach bar drinking a White Claw and dancing to music that you don't expect me to listen to. <laughs> I absolutely love the change of intonation in your voice where you said, drinking the White Claw. <laughs> like like you were ready to throw a handbag down and like claw my face off. <laughs> because I've like, stepped on, you've stepped on my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm going to throw my fucking White Claw in your face. You stepped on my shoes. Oh my god, do you know how expensive these shoes are? You're going to have to pay for them. Give me some money right now. <laughs> oh my god, these are Prada. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that you've got a little fireball on the go because what we're already showcasing here is that we're going to turn into the Wayans Brothers in White Chicks in about 20 minutes' time. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're not enjoying what you're hearing now, then oh boy, 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 it's going to get good later on. You're, you're going to be in for a treat. <laughs> Just need to wait for the bubbles in this uh, sparkling white wine to enter my frontal cortex, and I'll be with you, hook, line, and sinker, ready to go. <laughs> well, the fireball that I have left over is from a party bucket. What the, what the living fuck is that? So here, I mean, and I'm sure they do there, but... We have tiny little individual bottles that are, let me make sure I get the measurement right. Hold on. Reading is hard. Don't mind me. Um, It looks like it's probably maybe an ounce, ounce and a half bottles. So it's basically a shot. Yeah, yeah. They sell them here in 10 packs, but White Claw, or not White Claw, but Fireball, also sells them in a 20-count container that is also a bucket for you to pour ice in and then just walk around with a bucket of fireball shots. And I may or may not have bought one of those a few weeks ago, and I still have a few left. That's encouraging that you didn't just uh, strong-arm the lot of it. Uh, Um, Did you hit it hard? Oh, I did. So I split uh, most of the party bucket with my roommate's boyfriend. We both drank about seven of them a piece that night. And then I've been taking and drinking one or two here and there. But I still have a couple of them left. I, I really, uh, I really respect that. <laughs> um, yeah, fantastic. Well, and this is what they're left. They're here for... Freeform conversation. Yeah, we're gonna get these puppies drank up. We're ready to go. Yes. Um, you see, Fireball. Uh, I remember I worked in a bar, uh, probably about eight, like two years ago, and it was an absolute shithole. I mean, like really, we used to have like gang violence. Okay. Uh, I remember one time, uh, someone got glassed in the face. So I had a guy coming up to the bar, he had shards of glass hanging out of his face. But So that's just to give you a little bit of background on what it was like. Uh, I won't name and shame them on the podcast because I just don't think that would be fair. Uh, but it was a favourite of the underage drinkers. Mm. And I'm sad to say that under duress, I served people underage at that bar because the boss basically mm. forced us to. And uh, these kids, when they were drinking the... They were drinking those fireballs. They turned into a, lo- a new level of nasty. 
Oh, yeah. Um, but this guy, the boss at the bar, I mean, I would card them, and he'd go, uh, very interesting guy, Lee. He'd go, what do you think you're doing, uh, ID in the Youngins? That's our Saturday night lost. What? <laughs> fucking scumbag, man. I mean, I did my fair share of... of uh, I have never drank anything underage. I mean, I did my fair share of underage drinking. And I... I did stupid stuff. But if I was ever at a bar and they said, No, nah, you're too young, get out of here. Cool. I respected that. Like, I was the one misbehaving. So, like, I mean... I get it, but Jesus, I. Mm, if you yeah, knowingly dude, serve, please, please serve them. Uh, you you're losing our Saturday night business. And I mean, underage here. I mean, that's like 16, 17. I was gonna maybe. say your your legal age is eighteen, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do absolutely. you do you guys graduate high school when or your your equivalent of high school at eighteen? No, no. So sixteen. Uh, so high school's at 16, and then after that, education's optional. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can kind of just, like, fuck off and work, but... Um, so you get kind of... That's the end of high school, and then it's on to, like, further education, what it's called. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so you can literally... You can just fuck off and uh, join the circus at 16 if you want. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Almost did. Really? No, no, not the circus. Come on. I mean, I can't juggle. I mean, you surprised me with your many talents, sir. So. <laughs> no, no. Anything that requires anything, anything that requires uh, any kind of uh, physical coordination, you forget about it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. But you do pretty well. It, that involve involving a controller. You do pretty well. Uh, I think that's up for the debate, to be honest. Oh, come on. You are the master of hiding in the goofiest places in Prop Hunt. Don't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, is that coordination, or is it just... It's coordination uh, of the hands. Uh, okay. All right, I'll take the, I'll take the W. Take, take the dub and <laughs> roll with it. Let's draw with knowledge for you. Always hiding in plain sight. On prop hunt. For real, On though. Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so are we? Are we like hoping for a sponsorship here from Infinity Ward? Is that why we're we're dropping the Call of Duty so early? And no, I. It just happened to come up that way. I. I hate how they glamorize war. We won't take the. We won't take. Won't, won't take the money. Just no. I won't take your blood money, okay, Infinity Ward. We we ain't taking no blood money here. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're talking about drinking. It's it's where so we've had lockdown basically. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how hard you're hitting it, you know, when you're free to do what you want. But what's the lockdown situation been? You staying in drink, are you? Feeling a bit better about yourself? How are you dealing with that? So, my state here in the U.S. never really locked down. Really? Yeah. We had about two months where our bars had to be shut down completely. 
or they had to be closed by like 11 p.m. Man. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. For a month, my state had the highest COVID numbers percentage-wise in the world. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So I, not not to be political, but it just, it was one of those things where it was all political power plays that didn't work very well. And um, so I was free to go to the bar and watch a show as long as I wore my mask and, you know, I was sitting at a table. I mean, there hasn't been much time where I wasn't able to go out and do something. I just chose not to. The smart decision is, I mean, especially with the numbers. And you say, you know, we won't try and get too political on here, but even if we were, I would imagine that 99% of people that can hear us right now, we're probably preaching to the converted, is what I'm saying. Yeah. No doubt. And lockdown and some of the other things that happened during lockdown is what made me start streaming. Well, it's I'd never watched a Twitch stream before lockdown, ever. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I had talked to my ex-wife for years about starting like a YouTube channel and doing this and doing that. And I never did. And then I found a small cluster of people that I got along with and... I said, you know what? I've got the gear to do it. I've got the time. Let's just start streaming and see what happens. And now I'm in the position that I'm in. So I, I took I mean, a risk and it paid yeah. off. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like, here we are. Neither, like, both of us really new to the medium. And here we are just months later. We spent enough time on it that we're now doing a podcast about it. Yeah, it's just, it's it's insane. And I'm doing, you know, I'm doing so many different things as the world is opening back up, but I wouldn't trade my streaming career. I wouldn't trade starting a podcast with you. I wouldn't trade that for the world because uh, it's, it's just me having fun with my friends. And if I can't have fun with my friends, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, well, cause it just becomes disingenuous at that point. Yeah. I think. Uh, but it's interesting. It, you know, it's such a phenomenon that, like, I would consider myself a norm in, in the realm of, like, all <laughs> things streaming. Right. And in, in it's just how accepting everyone is instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, it's made, like, coming into this whole new world just so interesting, exciting. Yeah, love it. Well, and... The cool thing about Twitch is there's somebody doing something that you want to watch, be a part of, whatever. Whether it's watching speedrunners play classic Mario, whether it's listening to a musician, you know, doing music, whether it's watching someone play a specific game that you really love. There's a community for it on Twitch, and if you vibe with the person doing it, then you vibe with the person and you keep hanging out like that's just how it seems to go and you know life gets in the way sometimes but I mean it's 
Twitch had a big boom during the lockdown. And I've met some of the best people because of it. So I wouldn't trade any of that for the world. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and it's there's so much worth talking about, I think. Because uh, behind everyone there's a personality. And it's just it's just stories to be told. And this is what this is all about. It's just telling stories, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Everybody has has their history and the things they dig. And that's part of the point of this podcast is just showcasing that stuff. So I guess, I guess that like, since it's just you and I talking, I suppose to kind of like go into the format of what we'll be saying, like, well, so take us, take us a bit more for your, like through your journey. I think that'd be interesting to talk about because really what I see in your channel is it's like a place it's like this the center of all these like people that come together i see you as being like the linchpin for like a whole network of people so how did that start um so i met uh someone at work who was a huge fan of a show that i'd never seen and i said sure i'll watch it and we ended up going to a convention to meet one of the actors from said show. And she had been streaming on Twitch for a few months, and she had already started building a community. And there were people who were fans of her work, but then we all started to become friends with each other. And so a, a chunk of my community is from there, just people I made friends with. Even though I had never seen the show, I had never really experienced a whole lot of it, it was just talking to the people. And I slowly started to grow on my own. And I got to the point where I was a Twitch affiliate. And I thought, this is so cool. I will never, you know, look look this gift horse in the mouse. I will take this opportunity and I'm going to run with it as far as I can. And if it runs only this far, cool. If it takes me to the moon, cool. Like, I'm not... I'm just going to roll with the punches on this. And... Yeah. Uh, one of the things I like to do on my channel is a lot of charity work. And I was doing a charity drive in December. And it was mainly just me and my buddies. My, my Twitch friends, my chat, we're all hanging out. And then a bomb gets dropped on my chat. Um, the site that I use to collect donations is Tiltify. And a big gaming YouTuber... Um, who streams on Twitch, had partnered with Tiltify to go to smaller charity drives and donate $1,000. And he sent his community to show these people love and support the causes and hang out for a little bit. And then he moved on to the next person. And my channel was the third channel that got recommended to him. And... I went back and I looked at his side of the stream, and he had 5,000 people in his stream. Wow. Yeah. And about 300 of them threw a follow to my channel, and we went from just below $1,000, no, just below $700 raised for charity at that exact moment to $1,700 in basically the blink of an eye. And, That's crazy. 
And it, this is someone that I look up to. Someone that I, um, I've been inspired by. And it, it, I'll drop his name, not to be, you know, oh my gosh, but <laughs> Ethan Nestor, also known as Crank Gameplays. And yeah. he, my reaction to him doing that, it broke me. I'm very emotional around the holidays and I just started crying. I was so floored and I was able to basically tell him how much I appreciated what he did, how much he means to a lot of us. And it, it made him kind of teary eyed. And just seeing that, you know, seeing his side of it and knowing that reaction. And he kept calling me wholesome. And I'm like, bitch, you don't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't spend long enough with you. No. That, but it was just one of those things. And a lot of members, the members of his community have stuck around. And just help build a bigger network. So now I have people from his community who are involved in other communities and other places and other people. And it's just branching and it it branched and expanded. And now it's branching and expanding so far that I can't keep up with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many people that come in regularly. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it's just it's just fantastic to see that the the growth over even the last few months, yeah, it's been fantastic on the channel. And um, it, it's just. But one thing I will say, you know, you're saying, "Oh, if it takes me to the moon," you don't want to go up there because it's just Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk up there. Fair. So let's just let's let's temper those uh, expectations and just say stratosphere yeah I'll, I'll take that yeah i don't want to be near jeff bezos and his dick rocket <laughs> i thought that was his head <laughs> that, that big nugget <laughs> that big dome <laughs> <laughs> lex luther oh my god Hey, I'm Lex Luthor in my fucking $300 million cock palace going to Mars. I'm going to Mars, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. If I keep drinking this sparkling white wine, I'll be going to Mars in about 20 minutes. I'll see you up there, Jeff. (laughs) I'll spit shine your head for you, Jeff, and not in the way that you used to, okay? Oh, my. Call me into Amazon Prime the Druid in. I'm going to start Amazon Prime in my shit to space. <laughs> I can't wait to have Tom Cruise's The Last Samurai the next day on my Mars palace. Fuck. I, I don't... So I used Amazon quite a bit when I was in college. And I don't really use Amazon anymore. Like... Really? Yeah, I just... I don't. Because every... I live near a big shopping center. So, so what, you, you go outside? Well, I have to for work right now, but I don't... Like, I can hit just about every store that I need to hit within a two-mile radius of my house. 
What a strange flag flex that is. And, but I shouldn't even be allowed to live in my apartment. <laughs> they're like, what, what, we, they're like, we shouldn't approve you, but we're gonna anyway. Here's the keys, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> ask questions. I'm just gonna take it and run. That's 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 being an adult, right? That's crazy. So I mean, you know, I'm sitting here. Um, so basically, like I. Where I'm, where I am right now, uh, my house isn't made of brick. It's made of tin. Oh. And inside that uh, tin is straw. It's like strawboard. It's like a straw composite. So if, hmm. uh, God forbid, I'm uh, imbibing in uh, a personal favourite pastime of uh, smoking that herb, mm-hmm. uh, then. If I fall asleep doing that, I could really set the house on fire. Oh, it's uh, it's a death trap. And what I will say about this area is is that I'm super worried about background audio because just before we got into this chat, there was a full-on fight outside my house. <coughs> like 16 people out on the street just giving it good. What? <laughs> yeah, giving it like just giving it fucking beans. It was absolutely wild. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, there's like this. There's this house across the street, and it used to be like this old retired police officer. Uh, didn't always look in. You know, he he looked like he could have his own uh, TLC show. <laughs> so he's walking around. You can tell he's he's like diabetes is so bad his leg is falling off. Oh god! As he's walking his dog, who also looks like shit, but he was a good guy. <laughs> he would just walk around, Pete. Yeah. Pete the ex-cop, he's like, oh, just one more day till retirement. Oh, wow. Uh, but I don't know what happened. He's like, he's like not moved out, but he seemed to be displaced by the biggest, like, strangest group of fuckheads ever, like, young people just living in his house. Oh, God. And they... Uh, so it'll get, to, it'll get to, like, one in the morning, and they... I've had a little bit too much white claw. Mm-hmm. They'll get out there and they have a proper like reality TV fight. It's like it's what? crazy, and it, I, I was getting real anxiety that that was going to spill over into the pod. To be honest. Oh God! Well, I mean, the worst I get is some hillbilly dickhead driving down the road, revving his truck with his too loud exhaust. I I live. I live in a bougie part of town. Oh, the way you said that. <sighs> Incredible. I live in a bougie part of town. I hate it. I hate <laughs> that I live in a bougie part of town because, I mean, I grew up very much poor kind of white trash. So, I mean, it's like, oh, there's something nice in front of me? What's this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, yeah. Like, my, my girlfriend, she lives in quite like a... Well, she lives very well. There's a gate at the door that you don't have to open by hand. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's proper. I thought her dad was Bruce Wayne for the first three weeks of us dating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like fucking Aladdin when I go there. <laughs> because do you know what? I don't like artisanal bread. I don't either. What the fuck is that with the bird seeds on it? Right? If I Forget have... about that. Pumpkin seed... No chance. No chance. 
y'all got pumpkin seed on your bread? What the hell? What? No, you've not seen that shit. Pumpkin no. seeds on bread. I've had, like, pumpkin spice type flavored bread, but I've never seen pumpkin seeds on bread. We just we just throw, like, every seed imaginable on it. Oh, my God. You know, I, I'm, half in, I'm half expecting to see, like, a peach stone on a piece of... <laughs> Uh, like sourdough <laughs> over here. And I live in a white trash area and people are eating that shit. Oh, God. So Maybe there's, like, opioids in the poppy seeds. I don't know what's going on, but... Man. Yeah, I... Mm-mm. I... My last apartment was in kind of a trashy area. Um, uh, the night I moved out, there was a shooting in my building. And I was like, man, I'm glad I'm gone. Like, can I just say that, that that is the most suspicious turn of events? Were you like looked into over that? You're just, there's a shooting. You're gone. No. Um. So I had already planned on moving out, and I did the last walk of my apartment. And as I was leaving to get into my car to put the keys in the Dropbox, I saw a car sitting there with three people in it it was on and the headlights were off and they were sitting not directly in front of the exit door but around the corner so you couldn't see it when you first stepped out of the building I'm putting my keys in the drop box on the other side of the complex and I hear pop 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 squeal Jesus and I'm just like well uh, if I'd have lingered yeah. and got that last bit of food out of the cabinet, that could have been bad. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we only had artisanal bread that I didn't want to go back for. Uh, yeah, I mean, keep the mac and cheese. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a Swiss slice, okay? I don't need to be full of holes, baby. Come on. I, I, I'm no good. I'm more of a shop cheddar. You've shown such uh, resilience in your Twitch stream and in so many aspects of your life. I think if the bullet were to have hit, you would have looked like it would have been like Tom and Jerry would have gone through. <laughs> You'd have done a little squill of pain and then you would have stretched <laughs> the skin back over the wound and just carried on to that bougie neighbourhood. Get some avocado <sighs> on the toast. Ugh. I I eat... So uh, you, you say avocado toast, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I have never eaten avocado toast. I am, I eat very much like a child, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I get adventurous yeah, so... with food sometimes, but nah, I'm good. So what's he, what are you saying? A, a beige menu at Ginger's Towers? I mean, kind of. My my ex used to get so mad at me because I would be like, sure, let's have some baked chicken and some mac and cheese and some corn. And she goes, it's all the same color. And I'm like, well, we can make green beans instead of corn. It's all the same color. And I was like, fine, whatever. Like, make whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that. But, That's domestic bliss. Uh, yeah. It, and still, yeah. to this day, she makes fun of my diet. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, props to you and your ex for having that relationship where she can still do that. Mm -hmm. it, we figured out that we were better as friends than we were 
as a couple. We should have figured that out before we got married, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot cheaper. Yes. But our wedding was still fairly cheap, though. Like Really? Yeah. We spent maybe, maybe five grand on the wedding. So, I don't know what the average is like here, but if we scale it up, the average here costs about ten grand our money. I guess that's about twelve, you know... $12,500? Yeah, thereabouts. I... Fuck that. Our average... I think I read re, sort of recently that the average wedding cost was like $30,000 or something like that. And I'm like, no. No, ma'am. No, 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 no. That's two years of a college education. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, sure. fuck that. But, you know, a lot of people get married and they they don't go to college after that. And those that do, power to you, I really respect that. Yeah, I mean, people who, people who can do, like, get married, have kids, still go to college, still do all these things, like, good on you, because, mm -mm, I'm, I am not, not that talented right now. (laughs) I, you know... I'm at the point now where I think, you know, I roll out of bed and I can pick up from there the half-eaten Subway from the day before. (laughs) And I just get out of the bag and I munch on it and I cry. (laughs) (laughs) I think, what can I do today? I, Uh, it's... Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) No, dude, you're good. I, so, I'm in the middle of of a career path change. Like, it. if you're a follower of me on Twitch, you know I'm leaving retail to move to something else. But it's one of the weirdest transitions I've ever had to make because I like my job in retail. I don't like every aspect of it, but I like it. But I'm moving to something that I've always wanted to do. And there's this weird, like, scary pit in my stomach, like... Is this the right move? Is this the right thing? And then I go, fuck it. Yeah. I I sit there and I go, fuck it. We're doing it. Big girl pants on. And go. (laughs) And I... Put your big girl pants on. (laughs) But I... And I don't... I don't know how people who have been out of work or have been working from home the whole pandemic, like... I don't know how they've done it. Uh, it's been crazy. Obviously, I've been doing that. It's been a bit crazy. Uh, especially, like, you know, I kind of get a new class in at the start of every year. So it's not, like, done on a time by time basis because the college I work at does it in a very strange uh, way, very mm. unique way. Uh, and getting new students that you've never met before online for the first time was very uh so we uh we had all kinds of shit going on we had guys uh one guy with his shirt off smoking cigarettes uh <laughs> people falling asleep people in like tie-dyed sports jerseys that would have to go off and have an argument with their spouse in the background which was always great 
Oh God! Uh, just crazy shit. Yeah, I. The two and a half months I did work from home, it was so weird to roll out of my bed and step to my desk and sit down in my pajamas and be able to work, like just roll right into work. And yeah. Like, yeah, I had that. You can see, like, when you're going to sleep at night, mm-hmm. I was looking over and I could see, like, my workstation for the following morning. Yeah. That's, that was depressing. That's... <laughs> it was... It was depressing. That's the one thing I wish I had an extra bedroom in this apartment so that I could separate my desk and my stream stuff and be able to dis- d- detach from it some because there's about three feet or a yard, or whatever, between the edge of my desk and the edge of my bed. I can touch my bed with my foot right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. depressing. Like, This is modern living for you, though, but just thank you, thank you, lucky stars, that you're not, like, you know, one of these, like, in, in your mid-30s, you're a crust punk, and you live in a punk house by day. Uh, no, by night, sorry, but by day, you're like an investment banker. Oh. So all you've got is like a privacy curtain and, and then like people mush in to discharge in the other side of the room. There's a guy. Because that shit's real. There's a guy that I was seeing for a hot minute. Um, and I met him through the local comedy scene. And he lived in what was a house that was turned into apartments. So the bathroom and kitchen and pantry used to be a closet. And it's just a tiny little space. Um, His entire apartment could almost fit in my bedroom in my bougie apartment. And... Everybody that lived there was there. I mean, there was a girl who was so messed up on drugs that she passed out with a piece of meat cooking on the stove and almost caught the building on fire. Jesus Like we called it in because smoke detectors started going off. And when the fire department broke down her door, they had to wake her up. She wasn't waking up to the smoke, smoke detectors, her dog, nothing. So like it that and that's where he lives and he loves it and it's his it's his thing and he's he worked as a librarian at one of the local colleges and now he's getting ready to work for an insurance company. In that, yeah. <laughs> Life's rich pageant here on Ginger Talks. Like, I mean it's just it's so <laughs> goofy and he's a great dude. But it's like okay, like, bro, like you do you. I appreciate you. I appreciate this is what you like. But not for me, dog. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> fuck that. Just wild. And I stayed with him for a few weeks in between uh, in the time where I didn't have a roof of my own. And uh, <laughs> that was the weirdest three weeks I was just like, oh my god. Like, you know, what is happening? 
Yeah, I, it reminds me, I was seeing a girl, it was like a long distance thing, she came to my house a bunch of times, and I'll never forget the first time I went round to her house, <laughs> The she lived with this guy who, he's one of those like, you know, people that bodybuild and their entire existence is built around bodybuilding, mm-hmm. he's constantly having the same meal every day. I thought it was a, a meth house because there were just fucking scales everywhere <laughs> and bags of shit everywhere. Uh, he, he was just weighing out his food. But you would go down in the morning and this guy would just be hitting the fucking weights, man. Oh, God. And he would do, he would do this thing where, and I think a lot of weightlifters do this, where he's just looking at you wordlessly dead in the fucking eyes <laughs> as he lifts as if to, like, kind of... I'm the dominant species here. Right? You know what I mean? Oh, and my God, yeah. I'm just, like, trying to go down and get my fucking golden nuggets, man. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, I'm not trying to uh, unseat you. Yeah, I... I've lived with some pretty interesting people, but the people that always throw me the most are, like, the bodybuilders... And the pe- like people who obsess, like hardcore obsess over anything. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to just be over here. You do you. I'm not going to threaten you or your space. You have fun. I'm just going to go hide in my little hobbit hole over here. Like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And can I just say, nerds, and I know you're listening, and don't worry, I'm one of you too, but... There's nothing worse than going into a room and someone's going, I'm just painting my level 26 paladin up. <laughs> you know, and don't don't talk too loud because you're going to fuck up my painting, okay? I had a dude that got fired from my place of employment. And this dude was missing three of his fingertips from a childhood accident where he lit fireworks as a nine-year-old and let them go off in his hand. Awesome. There's a lot to be said about that, but that explains quite a bit about him. But this... Did he work for the the Ramstein stage crew? uh, Jeez. He probably could (laughs) have. But this dude, he would claim that he couldn't use his cell phone because he was missing some of his fingertips. But this man played more World of Tanks, World of Warcraft, League of Legends, and Fallout 76 than anybody I knew. And he started painting miniatures. And he he lives, lived, I don't know if he still lives there, in an apartment complex I used to live in. So I knew how big the apartments were. And... He filled his entire living room with a giant painting station for airbrushes and all this stuff. This man doesn't have enough friends to play a game like that. (laughs) Isn't that always the way? I'm like, why? Like, and I'm not going to knock because I've dated guys like this. I've been there. I've done that. If you're going to paint, paint your miniatures, like, cool. If you can do that level of detail work, I applaud that. But, yeah, there is a talent. There is a talent there. I'll, I'll concede it. But you, 
you can't be so freaked out by it that, like, anybody walks in and disturbs you at all or, like, walks through the room. Like, nah, fuck that. Get out of here with that shit. Like. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. I, I, it's, I'm sorry, but no. Put the fucking paints down and say hello. Yeah. Put the paints down. You're going to be fine. And I would paint my ex-boyfriend's miniatures. Like, there's still Don't one. Be- dirty that's disgusting i know there's still one on display in a comic book shop uh that our buddies owned and one of the miniatures that i painted is still sitting there <laughs> oh my god uh, it's like it's like carrying the olympic torch yeah like i i'm just like dude like so do you do you like walk past that with other people and go like, you see that miniature over there that was me. Uh, no, because it's 800 miles away from me. <laughs> oh, no. Which, I mean, I don't care. Like, that ex can do whatever he wants with his miniatures. I don't I don't care. But now that he's got kids, <laughs> he doesn't mess with his miniatures. He's got bigger priorities now. So he's, like, got living, he's got living miniatures to attend to. He does. And they're actually kind of cute. So I'll concede that. Yeah, you, you, you've got to say that. Well, yeah. But now I'm, it's been, it's been a long time since I've touched miniatures and now I paint abstract because now that doesn't involve nearly as much like actual talent. (laughs) (laughs) Tell that to Jackson Pollock. Pollock can, never mind. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No. Have you got some? You've got some spirited uh, feelings about Jackson Pollock. No, I mean I I respect Pollock, but every time I say I do anything abstract, that's the first name people go to, and I'm like, because it's, it's the only one they know. Exactly, and it's like, no, this is a different kind of abstract. I've never met anybody who does abstracts like I do, and it's fine. <laughs> no, that, no, that's true. It's not the same, I, and and please don't think I was. Uh, Doing you a disservice. Uh, I I know about I know a little about a lot of things. Uh, that's my talent in this world. I know a little bit about a lot of things. Uh, abstract art is not one of them. Yeah, I. Art is not my forte. That's why I have a merch designer. That's why I have people who make my emotes. I. Mm-mm. And. Yeah. When I had Mouse make the everything is fine emotes, he's like, it's just basic font in Photoshop. And I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I try yeah, and yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> I used to dabble in a bit of merch design. So when I was in a band uh, myself, I used to do all of our shirts. Oh. Uh, but that's been about, you know. Maybe eight years since I've done that. Mm. And I don't think that I would know at all how to deal with new software. Yeah. I it, Video editing. I love video editing. But I had software that's, at this point, 12 years old. And yeah, yeah. I opened up the newest version of it and I was like, what is all of this? I think that's called being in your late 20s. I know. Because I know that you know, on the off chance that I design anything now, 
I'm using Macromedia Fireworks MX, which I'm pretty sure is from 2001. Oh my god. How and does I've it run on anything? I've never, I've never ever managed to uh, transition to anything more recent than that. So, Oh my gosh. It, so it was outdated even when I was, you know, using in it? the thick of using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Because I was in a computer science class in high school. Like, I took a, a college, co- like, program that was computer science-based. And I did better on the hardware stuff than I did the software stuff. And, but I made an entire movie about my brother's band. And I did the whole thing. Thankfully, that project doesn't exist anywhere anymore because it was god-awful. So if we start up a Patreon, uh, you need to find that. No. <laughs> that can be a Patreon. Oh, reward. God, no. <laughs> I was using old ca- like cameras that did not have the sound quality. I didn't have anything mic'd right. So when, I'm, when I recorded rehearsals, oh, the audio was awful, and there was no way of, of fixing it. It was so bad. I mean, because that's got to be done separately it yeah. just has to it just has to be it was god awful and that's all i had and it was so bad <laughs> but i mean yes, yes so you see the thing about this band is uh we're just gonna hit the road is or or this <laughs> and it's all just rattle <laughs> It was so bad. <laughs> I love that though. I think um, there's such an art in things being done badly that I've almost like swerved to. I've swerved from enjoying things that are actually good to mostly I just love things that are bad. Yeah. I mean, I I will say that some of my favorite movies that I go back and I watch fairly religiously are movies that may have been shot well, may have had good actors, but they are just bad. There's, uh, you know, bad movies are god tier, in my opinion. Like, shot bad. Um, Like, there's this film, right, called Miami Connection. Have you ever heard of it? No. So it's like a passion project uh, by this guy. I think he's Korean. Okay. But he had like a dream of making an American action film. And the plot of this movie is just the greatest. It's called Miami Connection. And it's basically there's a drug deal goes wrong between uh, some bikers and some ninjas. <laughs> okay. And somehow uh, the good guys in this are a, a band called Dragon Sound who are. Yeah, it is. It is, and they fully recorded like songs for the track list of this. So the band's called Dragon Sound, and they get embroiled uh, in a feud between the bikers because they, the bikers have a band as well, and Dragon Sound steals their gigs off them because they're so great. But the thing about Dragon Sound is, is that they're all masters in Taekwondo. What? So, but. So basically, uh, one of the members of Dragon Sounds is like fucking one of the 
Biker's sisters. And there's a whole thing. And Dragon Sound have now got to kick ass. So they kick the they, they kick the shit out of the bikers. But once they've done that, then they've got to kick the shit out of the ninjas. Oh my god. And the, <laughs> the ninjas aren't scared to kill people. And it's a really wholesome, like, stupid martial arts film until about halfway through when Dragon Sound, these, like, nice boys that we've been following through the duration of the movie, all of a sudden start killing people, man. They start, like, beheading people. And it's just the greatest film of all time. Miami Connection. I would urge everybody to give it a watch because you've got to see it to believe it. Oh, my God. That sounds horrible and amazing at the same time like sign me up like i'm down for stuff like that it's just crazy so the you know the story of the film is that it never got released and basically the masters of the master print of the film ended up in someone's basement and uh someone bought a job lot of film on ebay and then this film from the 80s which hadn't been watched for about 30 years just came into someone's hands they watched it couldn't believe it and then it got released after about 30 years it's absolutely crazy oh my god well and i look over at my movie shelf which is fairly full but about two and a half of the shelves are full of b-rate horror movies oh like bad cg and no-name actors and just hot hot garbage and oh yeah love that shit oh it's so bad but it's so good and a bunch of them are like sci-fi original movies and oh they are just they're terrible and i love like so i live in the midwest in the u.s which is prone to have like tornadoes and Blah, 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 blah. Well, the movie Twister is something that I will, once a year, rent on YouTube or Apple, and I'll watch it, and I'll enjoy it. And eventually, I just need to buy it for my yearly watch. But everybody is just like, that movie's so bad. And I'm like, I don't care that it's bad. You're relating, you're relating to it, though. That's incredible. Like... I just enjoy the flick because it was filmed not far from where I live. And so everybody around here is just like, oh, Twister, you know that was filmed here, right? Or they're like, oh, Twister, that movie was so bad. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm watching it. I thought you were about to say, oh, people are either like, oh, Twister, that movie was filmed here, right? Or they're like, oh, Twister, that movie was filmed here, right? So... Also part of, like, because there's such a weird culture here in the Midwest where everybody's like, did you know? Or they're like, ugh, God, did you know? It's it very much that. The band Slipknot is f- from Iowa. Yeah, Des Moines. Yep. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw the news, Jerry Jordison. I know. Rest in peace. Rest Crazy. in peace, man. Like, that, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great, great drummer. Yes, yes. I fucking loved that shit as a kid. Well, and it's going to be interesting to see 
um, what Des Moines is like in that scene of music because I've performed on a stage that Slipknot has performed on when they were first getting their start. Right. Like, so everybody is either like, oh, Slipknot, you know they're from here? Like, hey, did you know? Or I get the, ugh, Slipknot, you know they're from here, right? And I'm like, bitch, it doesn't matter. Like, I, if I like the tunes, if I like the flick, whatever it is, I like it. I don't care where someone's from. Yeah, but saying that, I mean, it really is, it's one of Des Moines' biggest mm-hmm. kind of exports. I think, you know, not even 9 out of 10, I think 10 out of 10 people, if I asked, can you name me something or give me a fact about Des Moines, they would all say Slipknot are from Des Moines. Yep. And that's their Des Moines fact. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more to Des Moines than that. And, uh, you know, apologise if I'm missing, like, some kind of wonderful cultural export here. But, what you know... They've, they've done a lot for Des Moines, I think. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that Corey's got a house here now. Like, I mean, Corey moved back here and a bunch of the guys still have houses here. Like, that shows that they actually give a shit. I mean, I can't remember which guitar player, but he taught kids how to play guitar at a local music oh, shop. Yeah, that that's Mick Thompson with the, like... Yeah, uh, yeah, because one of the guys I used to work with learned how to play guitar from him. That's crazy. Like, I mean, it's just, Des Moines is such an interesting place because you get a, there's a lot of cultural influence from different places, but it is quintessential Midwest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. I think, like, over the past few months, like, I'm only just appreciating what that means. Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't we don't really know about that kind of stuff here in general, but, like, I get a good, I've got a good idea about how the world sees the, sees the Midwest now. The, the Midwest, we got, so last summer, we got hit with that derecho, which was not reported on nationally. It was not reported on internationally, but the cost of corn went up over this last year because we lost something like a third of our corn in that storm. And we are one of the biggest producers of corn for the world. And like, we didn't care. Like most, like some people were like, why is nobody saying anything? But in reality, it was like, well, we we could have said something. We could have made a big deal. But we were too worried about making sure our neighbor was okay. <clears throat> we were too yeah. worried about, hey, I have power. You don't. Bring your food over here. I'll put it in the freezer. And I'll make sure that you guys have hot meals. Like, it's the Midwest... There is something to be said about the the mindset of people where you need something, you got it. Like, we'll do whatever we can to help you. And it's just, it's so interesting to see that. Comparing it to, like, New York or London 
or I'm sure even LA or even Kansas city going a little bit farther South. Like it's the Midwest mindset is so weird and I don't fully have a Midwest mindset. So I'm like, Oh, I'm being kind of a dick to these people. Meh, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like you know, I live in the West Midlands, so right in the middle of the UK. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, there's a similar outlook there. And I wonder if it's because, you know, culturally speaking, you don't come from a place with loads of ports. Mm-hmm. So, in the Midlands, in or in the middle of anywhere, you've got to make things. Yeah. And so we're very industrial. Where I live, like a, a couple of blocks like away from here, like we've got just factories and things like that. Yeah, and uh, but there's a definite mindset, and and you know, and I think it's similar in the Midwest, where like the rest of like our kind of country or like landmass kind of uh, thinks we're all dumb. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> They're like, oh, our accent, for example, and uh, anyone listening in, I mean, feel free to join in with uh, the guffaw, but, uh, like, our accent is derided as being the most stupid uh, in the UK. It's voted the least attractive. Um, We, you know, we're constantly shit on. But actually what you've got here is, like, possibly the most multicultural city in the country... There's a lot going on. Yeah. And you know what? If they want to shit on you, they can shit on you. Fucking. Yeah. I've, I've got umbrellas. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I... I've cried all my tears. I ain't got time for your bullshit, bitches. Like, you I... You know, this, the irony of saying it in, like, a New York accent. Right. I... You know, every place has their issues. Every place has their, their bad parts of town. Every place has their, the areas you just don't go or that are super ritzy and super fancy. And I think people who travel and really like live in a different place for a long period of time, they start to realize that a lot of places are very similar. It's just scaled. Yeah. And you know, you, and and let's be honest, bigger scale leads to bigger, like, you know, kind of differences in wealth. Yeah. And how things are shared. And, and really, living in a place of plenty isn't that great for everyone. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I know many farmers who come into the, in, come into the city to, like, buy a new truck. And they get treated differently because they're in overalls and they didn't come in a suit. But that farmer has more money and more, <clears throat> like, he has more um, credit, usually, than that dude walking around in a flashy suit and a Rolex watch. Ah, oh, so you think you can make it in the big city, see? Come out and pitch some bales of hay. You <laughs> dumb son <of> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, because that guy would knock ten bales of fuck out of the... Uh... Oh, yeah. Tell Ten bales of fuck out of it. It just... It, you know, it's the... 
every kind of person is needed in the world. Every kind of job is needed, you know, like it's what makes the world go around. It's what makes it happen. And so there's a place for everybody, but sometimes those people need fucking showcase. Damn it. Show you the door. Well, you know, we're talking about the pandemic. I mean, like, um, the pandemic really showcased that, Mm -hmm. you know, because when everyone else was sent home, who were the fucking people that had to go out and work and really actually keep things going? Mm-hmm. My, the company I worked for, we never shut down because we were considered essential because we sell technology. And everybody needed that tech to be able to work from home. And the grocery store yeah, workers exactly. and food service people, like, the. They're essential. That's all there is to it. Yeah, and they're paid less, of course. Of course. Gosh. I just remember, you know, two months out of work, not doing anything, because, like, schools weren't quite ready to do the digital thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And just thinking, fuck, like... Do I not matter? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's. it was just wild to see that shift and that change. And we have office buildings here that are still empty because they realized how much money they can save by their employees continuing to work from home. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a crazy balance, really, because I think, like, you do go a bit crazy working from home. Mm-hmm. Having relationships with people like that you work with just online, things move a lot slower, I found. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and they also realised that they could halve their workforce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, office workers are now, uh, you know, delivering me pizza, which right. is crazy. Yeah, I mean, you, you have... Office, people who used to do office work learning trades and learning all these different things or freelancing or starting their own companies. Like, it's it's wild. Well, exactly. And uh, a lot of people going on Twitch, which yeah. brings us back in full circle. <laughs> which brings us back to the original topic. Yeah, bow, 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 and bow. that is what a meander. Mm-hmm. Just the fact, just the fact of us talking now, you know, mm-hmm. two people on completely different sides of the world, yeah, just making something crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, I now have friends on six out of seven continents. Yeah, and that wild. it just it blows your mind, like just how some of this stuff can happen. Yeah, like, I, I don't know about you, I have this feeling like I could just pack my bags up and I could land anywhere and there would be someone there that could, like, let me sleep on their floor. Which is just the, you know, that's the reason I got into music. Mm-hmm. Because it was, like, the hardcore scene, uh, I was, like, 15 years old, and it was just that feeling of, oh, there's a bigger world out there. Yeah. You know, I can go to... XYZ location and there'll be a floor for me and and that feeling 
of community I've just not felt since until now, really. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's... I... My family... <clears throat> my mom told me that she knew I was always going to move away. Because when I was in high school, I wanted to work backstage on Broadway shows. So I was going to move to New York City. And I was going to figure it out. And I was going to go to college, and then I was going to move there. And college didn't work out. And then I moved 800 miles away. And I have found that no matter where I'm at, like, yeah, I, I can go home. And I've obviously got a place, but I can go visit Lila and have a place to stay. I can go to Florida. I can go to Atlanta. I can go to New Mexico. I can go to California. I can go wherever I want. And have a place to stay. Just here in the States. Not even considering all of the people internationally. Absolutely. It's just wild. Yeah, but that's like part of the draw, isn't it? It's that, you know, and when you've got that reach, you feel like you're doing something. Yeah. Rather than just sitting there doing nothing. Um, you know, which kind of is what justifies me staying up till like fucking six in the morning and you know, waffling a bunch of shit at people. <laughs> <laughs> so I can pat myself on the back when I, like, crawl into my bed, uh, mired by the guilt of staying up late and knowing that uh, tomorrow's an absolute wasteoid for me, but then going, hey, you achieved something, Druid. You, uh... Someone in Iowa's going to be looking out for you now. Yeah. You, you said something nice and made someone feel special. Look at you, you fucking ham. Yeah, gold gold star for you. What do you want, a fucking cookie? Let's go. Uh, where's my cookie? Where's my cookies? I want my fucking bite of the cookie. Macadamia nut. Uh, white chocolate chip macadamia nut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my shit. I'm not a big sweets person. No, me neither. Me neither. But uh, partial to that. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy, you know, I'm the dickhead that will sit there and eat olives. <laughs> and you know, I've made peace with that fact. My... You know, and I, don't, I don't know if it's because I, I, I worked around olives. I, I worked for almost a year making olive oil in... Um, Sicily? What? Yeah, yeah, I used to make olive oil in Sicily. Um, absolutely crazy time. And ever since then, like picking olives off the trees and doing all that crazy shit, uh, I just fucking love them. <laughs> they taste like one of the best years of my life. I mean, I can eat an entire jar of pickles, but that's for a whole other reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go into that. I use the pickle juice to chase cheap whiskey. Really? Yeah. This is a new one for me. I've not heard of that. Oh, they're they are the the drink that you or the shot that you get your friend when you want to mess with them. And you get a cheap well whiskey and you get a shot of pickle juice, and you do the shot of whiskey first, and then you chase it with that pickle juice, and mm-mm-mm. So I quite like pickles. I love pickles. So 
I'm like one of these guys that, that like, you know, they do the memes, the, which I hate, by the way, the corporate, uh, like, McDonald's memes, <laughs> where they, like, do a picture on Facebook of a burger that's made of pickles. Right. And they go, <laughs> your first ad has to eat this burger. Are they going to love it or hate it? Oh, God, I hate that. Um, <laughs> I am that guy. I'm the pickle guy. Uh, I do like him. My, my sister was in town on Saturday, and before she left my apartment to go to her hotel, I looked at her, and I said, hey, you want a pickle? Because I saw we had pickles in the fridge, and her eyes lit up like it was fucking Christmas. Strong pregnancy energy from everyone. Uh, and we stood in my kitchen and were eating pickles out of the jar while her husband stared at us like we were insane. <laughs> like, yep. Who's eating the fucking pickles? Like, the fuck do you want from me? I'm just trying to eat a fucking pickle here. I love that our yeah. default is New Yorker. Uh, it just has to be. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love, like, one, I mean, I've been to New York. It's the only place in the U.S. I've actually been to. Um, and I went with my dad. And it was actually, because here's a fact. Um, my dad has raised me on the band Kiss. And we went to, uh, in 2019, we went to New York to watch Kiss at Madison Square Garden. Oh, and that's where the New York voice started for me. We were going around New York, and uh, I we flew United Airlines. And, um, <laughs> sorry, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> the, you, there was a movie on the plane. I watched Goodfellas, <laughs> of course. And uh, so we got to New York, and that's where the New York voice started. We went down to the Statue of Liberty. And he found it really funny. When I when we went, we didn't go in the boat or anything. We watched it from the side of the water, um, and I said, "There she is, Lady Liberty herself." <laughs> We're all New Yorkers here, and we walk down and take a peek. <laughs> and he found it like super amusing, like the first time I did it, and then found it less and less amusing when I kept recycling it every twenty minutes. To the point where he wanted to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> we would like go and we'd be like, ah, oh, there, the Empire State Building. <laughs> the eye in the sky of New York City. <laughs> Let oh. those red lights at the top of the building know you're coming. <laughs> oh. And he would like be like, fuck off, I'm going to fucking punch you. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, going down to Brooklyn and I'm going... Ah, Brooklyn, you gotta pound the pavements in Brooklyn. Go down under the train tracks and buy a terrapin turtle from a small disingenuous man on the sidewalk. <laughs> and he'd be like, trying to like, he, he was actually physically trying to attack me by that point. Uh, but I didn't relent. And really, it's just carried on from there. It's, it's... And I've not been able to stop. I can't wait to see how that accent, uh, how everybody reacts to that accent. Um, well... Guest-wise, it's going to be glorious. Yeah, well, you know, they either embrace it, do themselves, or they're from New York and they get a mob hit on us. I was going to say, they threaten to come over there and and beat you worse than your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Worse than your dad. 
<laughs> I don't. Let me just get a. Let me get my shrink over here. <laughs> Listen, I I was stumbling on words and it just happened, and I'm rolling with it. I will. I will claim those words that they were mine and. <laughs> My dad beat me, okay? But he didn't like what was coming to him next. <laughs> Get Joey the Lips on the case. Joey the Lips. I'm just imagining... Joey the Lips. I'm imagining Joey from Friends with just giant fucking duck lips. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> giant duck lips. Oh. Like, like Instagram influencer lips. Yes! Like, just... Ugh. Yeah, because he's got such a well-proportioned face. That's what makes that amusing. Right? <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. I mean, he's got such a weird energy about him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's got, like, you know, slightly homophobic at Christmas uncle going on. Yeah. You know, he's, like, all doughy now. He's got that salt and pepper thing going on, but he's got this kind of, like... I don't know, like, I've seen him in, like, late-night interviews, and he's so tired yeah. of people, like, talking about friends to him. I mean, I would be, too. Do you know what? I, I fucking wouldn't. I just really wouldn't. If I were on Friends, I would talk about being on Friends all the time, to the point where you wouldn't be able to be in a room with me. I mean, uh, to be fair, I've done, um, I've, I've, I've had those moments myself with things, but it'd be interesting. It'd be, it'd be. <laughs> you, you know, just imagine like you're that guy and, uh, you know, people are asking you about the cast and you're going like, um, you know. So what's Lisa Kudrow really like? And you're like, oh, you mean Phoebe? <laughs> <laughs> right. You like still refer to everyone by their character names because you're still so into the show. So it's like full of yourself, Matt LeBlanc. So there's a funny thing that happened. Um, we go by screen names, but you know, you and I both know each other's given legal names. Mouse. Yeah. He and I know each other know each other from work. I mean, Mouse is a great dude, love him to death. And he um the we were out to eat about a month and a half ago. And he kept calling me by my screen name. And when we see each other at work, he calls me by my screen name because he's so used to it. Yeah. That he never uses my legal name. And we just laughed. And I said, you know, you can call me by my real name. And he's just like, wait, that's not your real name? I'm like, shut up. You know what I mean. But it was the habit that he had formed. And I can't imagine actors who have been on shows that run that long, how yeah. they break that habit. I, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, yeah, but then, uh, you know, they've got the benefit of, like, between takes, you know, if the director's going, like, oh, so when we finish uh, shooting this scene, uh, we're going to move to the next scene, and Matt's going to walk out there, and he's going to be really goofy. Right. So they still, they have that downtime. 
but we do not have that downtime. Right. We are our screen. Like, if we met in real life, um, is there any chance that you would call me Mike? I would. Like, at all. I would try to in front of other people, like, that who know you and your legal name. Yeah. Because yelling druid in in your house, you know, if, if I'm, like, we're walking somewhere and I'm trying to grab your attention, we're with other people, people are going to look at me like I'm insane. But if we're at a yeah. bar or a club and I need to get your attention and I turn and yell druid... Other people may turn and look, but you're going to know that I'm yelling for you. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, are you telling me in that split-second moment of, like, I need to get this guy's attention, you're going to be able to, like, flip that around and not, you know, because it's so synonymous at this point. I, so it's funny because I do that with Storm. I will refer to him as Storm in one sentence and the very next refer to him by his given name and when we're on voice chats or calls or something that are off stream i i do pretty well at at flipping that switch but Mm -hmm. i also like for people for me i think they have a harder time because ginger is a woman's name yeah and you know it does sound like a nickname. Right. You know, even if it wasn't like a given name. I suppose Druid is a little bit more abstract. Yeah. So it's... Uh, I would kind of like it. I would kind of like people to just call me Druid instead. It's like being in the real world in the Matrix. <laughs> you know, when they start... You know, they get away, they're get they away from the Matrix. He's not like Mr. Anderson anymore. He's Neo to everyone. Right. So, like... I would appreciate on that level. Also, just uh, the kind of connotations that go with Druid. I really don't mind being <laughs> associated with that. Fair. like, um, Yeah. Gosh, I had, I had a, a good point to make there, and I can't remember for the life of me. This is this sparkling white wine is really doing a number now, <laughs> which I'm loving. I'm loving it's taken us down some interesting roads. It has. But I think but, with that, we might be uh, wrapping up the first, uh, the first, first podcast. podcast. Re- uh, I enjoyed just talking, to be mm-hmm. honest. I thought, you know, it's just fun to just come and just let loose. And what I'm hoping people take away from this is just exactly that. Just a place to come and let loose and just listen to a couple of people bullshitting and it's just free and easy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a place that, you know, conversation can happen and it helps that we know each other and we're comfortable with each other. And we know quite a bit about each other, but we've still learned things about each other today. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's more to come in that respect yeah i think as well like in coming episodes um when we have guests on it'll probably be a little bit more structured just by virtue of the fact there's a guest right so it's not going to be this format all the time but also 
with that note, please expect, you know, we are going to just talk about absolutely nothing and everything at the same time mm-hmm. with whoever's on. And I think that that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Because everybody has different experiences that can cause different conversations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, when you you know when you say it like that, it seems it's like almost obvious, isn't it? It's, it's just I think there's just so much left to explore, and I'm really looking forward to the future. Yes, and, and yeah. I'm excited to explore what kind of conversations that we will have uh, next episode with the wonderful Lila or Delilah Rose. Um, she... Yeah, she's going to fit into this like a glove. Yes. And 100%. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be, I feel, a little bit more chaotic than this, but it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. So um yeah, excellent. And and please, you know, uh we've got a spot in the Discord especially for questions for guests. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a guest question section in the in Ginger's Discord. Please throw in questions. Because I'd love to see, you know, what you want to ask Lila. Let's prompt some interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm looking forward to that as well. Awesome. Well, Druid, thank you so much for the wonderful conversations. I can't wait to see what kind of nonsense we get into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you in the next one. Yeah, be there or be square. Losers. That one's for the Patreon. That that one's for only the people who pay the big bucks for the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs>